Googly, the you googly, the all-seeing eye, big brother of the internet world. I'm talking about Google, of course. They're set to introduce behavioral interventions. That's right, they want to change our behavior or at least get to the people that you conspiracy nuts are influencing out there. But that's okay because we like a challenge, don't we? So we're going to talk about that today and also a little bit of what's in the news But before we get into all of that, as always, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary, comedy and conversation. Remember to like, share, subscribe, comment and all that good stuff. If you can leave a quick review on whatever app you're using, fan diddlyastic. All helps with the algorithm, especially the subscribing and the reviews. So let's keep this number 23 in news commentary in Canada podcast trucking along. Let's hope Justin Trudeau hasn't heard me say that because he might think it's a new trucker's convoy and freeze my bank account. Alrighty, let's go into some of the news of today. It's interesting time of year, isn't it? Um, a lot of the the B team, the B graders, the, the bench warmers of the journalist world are now front and centre because the top journos are on holiday along with the politicians. So there's not a lot of news going on quite a peaceful time of year really just shows you how much garbage the politicians put out and and try and to try and justify their own jobs and constantly interfering with our lives and yet when they're on holiday we can all kind of breathe a bit of a a sigh of relief and have a bit of a break from it from it all but what i have noticed is in the news it's really over the last couple of weeks has been just pushing the climate crisis we have in new zealand uh, a cyclone now bearing down on us and of course it's climate crisis climate change is fault of course it's got nothing to do with geoengineering none of that uh, despite there being two weeks after christmas of just gray weather and sudden downpours pouring with rain then it stops still gray gray pours with rain for five minutes stops pours with rain again it's very unnatural stuff going on but everything's blamed on climate change we even had a story today of a a man, older man, who revisited a mine in the South Island he used to work in in the 70s where he they were hunting down the uranium. That's what they were doing. So there's some uranium mines in the South Island and they brought that story back up. It's very interesting until you get to the end of the article and, of course, it's to do with climate crisis and why we need to change the mining industry. That's what's really been pumped in the news over the last two weeks. I mean, it's everything. Storms, climate crisis. Mines, climate crisis. Puppy falls down a well, must be the climate crisis. The other thing that they have, they've kind of eased back on a little bit, but they did warn us before Christmas that there was going to be a surge of the Baltimore virus that never actually came to fruition. But they did have an update this week for the Baltimore virus cases reported across New Zealand. And the language change over the last 12 months has been very interesting. So the Ministry of Health says of the 21,685 new cases reported across the country over the last, well, the prior seven days, 39% of them were reinfections. They reported the deaths of 53 people with the Baltimore virus in the past seven days, and they go through their ages. Most of them were elderly, some in their 50s. Of course, we don't get any of the data here anyway, telling us how many were jibbity-jabbed, Um, because that's not important anymore. That was to slow the spread and to stop people from dying. 
yet here we are with these statistics now saying died with but they don't tell us if they died with the medicine and I do believe they go into those statistics on their own website but they're massively delayed and look can we trust this data at all anymore so that's what's being pushed currently in New Zealand predominantly in the news it is the climate crisis and a little bit of the Voldemort virus propaganda still buzzing around so all fun and games in this dystopian movie we're all apparently living in right now speaking of dystopia let's go to google the you googly because they are set to introduce behavioural interventions. Now this is an article from Reclaim the Net that I missed actually, it came up on November 30th, so about just over a month old. So I've got the Reclaim the Net article and also the Google document itself, and there's some interesting names and connections, usual suspects if you will, so we'll go into it. It says, Google has presented its project dubbed Info interventions, based on what it says is behavioural science, that if these interventions are used as directed could teach users to the, to the degree they will become resilient to online harms. Another promise is that by pre-bunking misinformation, users can be immunised. So digital immunisation. Wow. And pre-bunking, pre-bunking misinformation. Now, full disclosure, when I first heard the term pre-bunking, I did think it was a hippie dude's idea of telling his grandmother that he was living with his girlfriend without actually being married. We're just pre-bunking, Gran. Don't worry, it's the new way. We're pre-bunking. We've got bunk beds. It's fantastic. We can try a relationship. It's like a permanent camping trip without the responsibility of actual marriage. It's fantastic. It's not that at all, which is kind of disappointing because I quite liked the term. But anyway, I digress. Back to the article. So, how is this supposed to work? Google, well, it has put up a site that states the goal is to provide accuracy prompts that would refocus users' attention toward whatever Google decides qualifies as accurate information. And to reach it, the hypothesis currently seems to be that reminding individuals to think about accuracy when they might be about to engage with false information can boost users' pre-existing accuracy goals. So this method of effectively training users to behave in a desired way is unsurprisingly attempting to draw from behavioural science research and Google says it has been validated by digital experiments. This quote, gift to the world, comes thanks to Google's unit called Jigsaw, set up to explore threats to open societies and build technology that inspires scalable solutions. Interesting language being used there. Open societies, the Open Society Foundation, is the George Soros Foundation that he set up. So it's just, I find that very interesting that that's being used within Google, open societies, and also Jigsaw. Now, we'll just go on a bit of a side path here for a second, because Jigsaw, is a, it says here on their, on their wiki site, is a technology incubator created by Google. It's supposed to operate as an independent subsidiary of Alphabet Inc. and is based in New York. It's founded by Eric Schmidt, who used to be the head of Google. So who is the CEO of Jigsaw? Jared Cohen. Who is Jared Cohen? Well, Jared Cohen, he's part of the World Economic Forum. It says here, part of the WEF. 
He also served as a member of the Secretary of State's policy planning staff and as a close advisor to both Condoleezza Rice and Hillary Clinton. Jared is a New York Times bestselling author of five books. Jared is also a member of and an adjunct senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations and also a member of the Trilateral Commission. And apparently he also speaks Swahili. I think he probably speaks English too, but I can't confirm that because it doesn't say that here on the WEF's website. But there you go, Jared Cohen, part of the WEF, a Clinton advisor and on the Council of Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission. And he was the CEO of Jigsaw. Now, I say he was the CEO of Jigsaw because about six months ago he stepped down from that position and has now moved over to Goldman Sachs. As the saying goes, it's a big club and we ain't in it. But just I thought there were some very, very interesting connections there. Now, the current CEO of Jigsaw, Yasmin Green, who seems to be closely aligned with the Aspen Institute and from what I can see, was the first employee hired for Jigsaw by its founder, Jared Cohen. So it seems to have just been a natural progression from within, but the first employee hired for Jigsaw by its founder, Jared Cohen. Now, Green and Jigsaw have developed a machine learning system known as Perspective, which tracks trolls by identifying, quote, online toxicity. Now, back to the article, a medium post by Jigsaw posted back in 2021 suggests there could uh, there could be a powerful way to reduce misinformation simply by reminding internet users to think about accuracy. There's even an attempt to guilt trip users into thinking they're helping spread misinformation by being prone to distractions, whereas having accuracy as defined by Google on your mind might reduce that. Currently, Google explains on its interventions page, if a user scrolls through a feed, they may encounter potential misinformation that would then activate an accuracy prompt that would partially cover the information already labelled as misinformation. Now, you're seeing this being played out right now on social media if you're on any other platforms, particularly I've seen it on Instagram. That's arriving somewhere with Matt J on Instagram, by the way. Nice little reminder in there. It's professionalism. Um... <laughs> the this accuracy prompt, you know, it does remind me of because there's a little example here of early prototype of what the, what it was going to look like, and this one has a looks like a young black woman in glasses in a you know an animation type figure and a speech bubble coming out saying here's here's a tip to help you evaluate the accuracy. It reminds me of original paperclip. The, not the government program, the paperclip from Word, with a little paperclip, little cartoon with the big googly eyes would pop up and remind you, give you some tips on how to use the programs, use the software. That's what it reminds me. I think we're reverting a little bit back to some of the stuff from out of the 90s. So these information literacy tips, it says, primed like this, the user's attention is now all on, is now all on the reminder with the content left far behind. And more importantly, as far as Google is concerned, the next time they encounter similar content, the hope is they will think twice before, well, presumably about engaging with it. Now, another technique here is the pre-bunking, which I've mentioned, is a technique to preempt manipulation attempts online by forewarning individuals and equipping them to spot and refute misleading arguments. They gain resilience to being misled in the future. Now, I'm all for people thinking more, 
maybe having a bit of nuance involved in all of this. I think that's a great thing. What we know, though, is what's considered misinformation. And disinformation is not necessarily true. A lot of the time, the misinformation is actually more accurate than the narrative, the mainstream information that we're getting. And herein lies the problem, because who's going to be considered the authority? What are they going to fact check it on? And we've seen it already. It's out of sites like CNN and mainstream media. So while it's a good thing for us to consciously be aware when we're reading or watching a video with particular information in it, you should be critical of it. You should question it. And and just an example of this is one of the things I saw come up recently was a video on the Titanic and what happened with who was on the boat and why it sank and that kind of thing. Now, I actually do want to do an episode on it because it is very interesting. But people have pointed to the fact that there was a book written about the Titanic before the Titanic happened. And I mean, it's not necessarily true. The problem with that is, yes, there was a book written in 1898, I think was the year, and it was called The Futility. And then in 1912, assuming I'm getting my dates right, I'm pretty sure it's 1912, the Titanic sunk. And that book was reissued under the wreck of the Titan. And certain parts of that book, it was only a short book, certain parts of that book were adjusted to fit in more with the Titanic and the size of the boat, etc., etc. Now, from what I can gather, that book came out after, like it was reissued after the Titanic, almost to take advantage of what happened, which is kind of gross to think about anyway. But what I haven't been able to do is get an original copy without paying through the nose for a, through the internet for an original copy to actually compare that to what the digital versions that are online of the Wreck of the Titan. So you can compare the original futility to the Wreck of the Titan and see what was actually changed. So of course, look, somebody may have read this in 1898 or between 1898 and 1912. Somebody may have read this short story at some point and thought, actually, you know what? I read this story and that's a great way to for us to get rid of some people that we don't necessarily want around. Sure, absolutely plausible. That's where the idea came from. What's more likely here is it was written and then reissued considering the book is reissued under the name Titan, which is just Titanic without the IC, possibly from a struggling writer who's wanting to earn a a few more dollars. I don't know. And I think a lot of the videos that we see online don't go into that detail either. And that's where we have to be careful and not just buy into it hook, line and sinker. So while I'm definitely for more critical thinking, that's fantastic. Am I for Google pushing that on us and behavioral manipulation how they're gonna and what they deem to be misinformation what they deem to be radicalization i'm not for that because i don't trust them at all i don't think we should be trusting google and that is how they're going to push this and how they're going to how they're going to frame it all these types of things are always pushed with the guys something that we can all agree on it's the broad thing like are you against terrorism well, this is going to help stop people becoming radical. Now, if it was used that way to stop people actually committing actual terror attacks, great, but we know it's going to be used to crack down on just normal, everyday people that want to be left alone. And we saw that in with the disinformation project in New Zealand and the mini documentary that they came out with, basically saying that the traditional life, anyone showing signs of too much self-preparedness and 
a traditional family, that kind of thing, is they, they may be erratical. Do you have a friend who makes jam and ties their hair up into plaits and keeps telling you that fluoride in the water is not a good thing? They may be erratical. I mean, that's the kind of garbage we're getting. So what's Google's behavioural interventions going to be pushing? I would take a guess at more social collective ideas and ideas that don't make any sense. And possibly things like critical race theory and this absolutely crazy gender ideology that's being spread. Now we'll jump over to the Google PDF, the Jigsaw, Google Jigsaw PDF about these behavioural interventions. And we'll just go through a couple of them of what they plan on doing. So the accuracy prompts, as I've mentioned, the paperclip, the reminding individuals to think about accuracy when they might be about to engage with false information. Dun, dun, dun. We should have an accuracy prompt whenever you visit or watch a mainstream site or go or watch the news. So the redirect method here on their PDF is there's a window of opportunity during the radicalization process where individuals who are researching extremist ideologies can be persuaded by narratives refuting them. Don't make your own jam. Making your own jam can potentially kill you. (laughs) How are you going to refute people from making their own jam? I don't know. Go extreme the other way. An example here is Jigsaw and Moonshot. Now, actually, a side note about Moonshot in a second. But it says Jigsaw and Moonshot developed the redirect methods open source methodology for interviewing ISIS defectors about the role of the internet in their radicalization process. The the insights informed the design of a pilot program using AdWords to reach people at risk of radicalization and used content to serve them with relevant counter-narratives. Now, it says, since 2016, Moonshot has partnered with an array of technology companies, including Facebook, to deploy advertising to those expressing an interest in other online harms, including white supremacy, violent misogyny, and conspiracy theories. What what kind of conspiracy theories are they talking about here? Doesn't say. I think we can speculate. Now, Moonshot. Have you heard of Moonshot? Do you know who Moonshot is? Moonshot, the company, is a tech startup founded in 2015, originally established to understand and counter violent extremism. So originally established. Moonshot works on a range of activities such as conspiracy theories, gender-based violence and human trafficking. It is based in London. The company maintains offices in Canada and Ireland. And listen to this. It works in countries such as Libya, Bangladesh and New Zealand. I don't know how those three countries go together. I don't know what is going on there. But it works in countries such as Libya, New Zealand and Bangladesh. Yeah, I... <sighs> now with the news obviously coming out that the government has access to Facebook censorship tools as well. Now we've got Moonshot on top of that. Or probably with that. I'm not entirely sure. But there you go. Moonshot it says builds technology to analyse audiences consuming extremist content, conspiracy theories and disinformation. Moonshot engages in campaigns to direct users attempting to access extremist material to alternative sources. Moonshot developed this method known as the redirect method, which is just read in the Jigsaw document, uh, in partnership with Jigsaw in 2016. Moonshot receives funding from companies such as Google and Facebook and engages in paid work on behalf of governments such as the UK, Canada, and Japan. So we're going to throw Japan in here now as well. Now, back to the Google Jigsaw document, they also have another thing called authorship feedback. 
It says the individual writes a comment. This is identified as toxic or rude, disrespectful or whatever it is. And the perspective API picks up on the toxic comment using machine learning models that identify abusive language. This is throwing comedy all the way out the window, isn't it? Because I don't know how a computer is going to pick up on jokes like this and it often doesn't. Uh, I've, in fact, I've messaged people before making a joke and it's warned me about being toxic or I've left a comment on a comment. I very rarely comment on our social media posts these days, but I have had that warning come up. So I guess now I know where this has actually come from and been worked on for a good six years. It says an authorship feedback message is shown, alerting the individual that their comment has been identified as risky or offensive or is misaligned with the publisher's community guidelines. The individual is encouraged to adjust the language before publishing their comment. Again, I'm... I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think we should all just stop and pause and stop just reacting to things and posting it online. There's a ton of trolls on there. There's a ton of bad actors on there. There's a ton of bots on there. It's all designed to get us angry and riled up and divide. So we should take a moment, take a breath. Maybe write it down. Don't post it. Come back. Think about it. Once you come back, you usually write something different anyway. I'm not against that entirely. What I'm against is, again, what they're going to be pushing. In the beginning... God created man and woman. Ah, alert, toxic, wrong. Actually, according to science, there's an undefined amount of genders. We don't actually know. Thousands. You could be anything. You could identify as a pencil. That's also a pen. And if you question that, if you doubt that, you're spreading toxic, harmful content online. And it's not just reality being attacked. As I just said, it's comedy as well. With these kind of programs. I know, but the machines will learn... When you're making a joke, well, they might learn when you're making a joke, but that joke will then not be acceptable. You can't make that joke. Why not? It's too offensive. Well, it's, that's what comedy is. doesn't matter. Our rules and our AI have decided that that is no longer allowed. Well, Matt, they're a private company. They can make up. Their, they're not a private company. We've seen over and over the connection between these so-called private companies and government and how they can both be platforms and publishers, and then just decide the rules willy-nilly as they go along. And I'm sure there's been government grants and that type of thing along the way to establish these sites as well. And then, of course, go make your own platform, and they take sites down, like Parler or other sites become attacked or smeared in the media, such as Telegram. Now, I'm not sure if I mentioned pre-bunking. I did mention the name, but pre-bunking... We'll go into what it, what the hypothesis is and what it's going to do. Uh, pre, preemptive messages can help individuals identify manipulative narratives and strategies, i.e. the claims that, what well, says here, jabs are unnatural, or that refugees steal jobs. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, are the, the medicines, the jibbity-jibbities, unnatural? I don't... Are they natural? How's that... Uh, that's a very strange thing. I don't think we had these a couple of hundred years ago. Doesn't I don't think we we started out with just getting jibby jibbies. I hope I really hope that's not a code word for something else because well, it's there now. Too bad. You know what I mean. So how it works? Pre-bunking. A pre-bunking video is served to a group of users as an ad in their social media feed. Through short video messages, the individual is informed of possible attempts to manipulate them online. The individual is shown a relevant example 
of a manipulative technique or narrative and then given counter-arguments to refute the claim. By analysing how well video viewers recall the techniques in a short survey relative to a control group, we can assess their likelihood to resist manipulative content in the future. So I guess that's what you'll see online. Whatever is the... So the pre-bunking thing is going to be, as it mentions, ads and things. that They'll be on television, they'll be online, they'll be wherever the information is, those things will be pumped out to the masses before you get a, let's call it a, a conspiracy video talking about it. So it's just saying, oh, no, no, the, the ad that I saw before doesn't, no, this video that I'm watching goes completely against the ad that I saw before. So as it says, you'll be served these sort of pre-bunking videos. I guess it'll be used on people that are going down a rabbit hole more so but if it's a popular narrative currently that needs to be quote-unquote debunked then maybe you'll get it on television this is what we saw with that with the constant Baltimore virus ads over the last two years things like that and it says the initial set of creative builds off jigsaw's work to pre-bunk common manipulation techniques such as emotional language and that is definitely a common technique also throwing music in the background that you're not actually aware so having subliminal emotional cues and that's what they do in a lot of the well pretty much all of the reality well (laughs) reality great name a real reality tv shows that are going on but look you can spin this all around again because it's the same things that the news and google are going to use against us you know what they're doing it's manipulation emotional manipulation is one technique you listen to the language that the the news uses and even just talking before about the Voldemort virus and saying these people died with as soon as that changed it was why did that change what because the medicines came out suddenly it was they died with with before it was of 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 now it's with 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 of course what they never tell you in those mainstream reports is was it with the medicine so so all of this advice is useful sure but It's also useful to be aware that what's going on online is we are being manipulated from every angle and it's just good to be aware of it. So there you go. Google, set to introduce behavioural interventions. I'm sure they've been going on for a long time. They've certainly been studying it for a long time. There's some interesting names there and connections to things like the WEF. So tread through the online digital world carefully, my friend. As they say in the classic Zelda game, it's dangerous to go alone. Here, take this. Now just picture me handing you some sort of digital sword. Now that's just metaphorical, I'm not actually giving you a sword, alright? So just to the AI and all that out there, I'm just saying, arm yourselves when you're perusing the internet. Be aware that you're going to be manipulated from every, every which way, so nuance, discernment, crucial. That's your sword, alright? The nuance discernment sword. Discernment? Shall we? We'll go with the discernment sword. So what we'll say is, it's dangerous to go alone, friend. Here, take this, and I metaphorically hand you the sword of discernment. I like it. I like it. And that's probably a perfect place to end it. You are armed and ready to head out to the digital space. So we'll leave it there for today. It's been another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary, comedy and conversation, and I will catch you again in the next one.